Good morning, everyone. It's great to see everybody. And welcome to all of those who are worshiping with us online as well. If you're worshiping online, write something in the comments so we know who you are and that you're joining us. And even let us know where you're worshiping from. Um, Some quick announcements for you. Our Wednesday night activities are so much fun. The youth and kids have a blast. Uh, I think we're going to be outside this Wednesday, which will be a lot of fun, as long as this hurricane doesn't ruin the, the weather for us. But we plan on being outside, having a lot of fun. At 5.15 on Wednesdays right now, our Wednesday night dinners are back. Uh, this Wednesday night, we're having chicken fingers uh, from Johnson's. Chicken fingers are the best. I don't know if you know that. They're the best chicken fingers in town. So we're having those this Wednesday. You can sign up for those uh, on the church website or on the church app, or you can call the church office. Our men at the Bible study, they meet on Zoom on Thursday mornings at 7 a.m., and they have a blast. I personally have never joined them because it's at 7 o'clock in the morning, but they have a blast. JT, they're great. Uh, So they have a good time. Pastor Sam's Bible study has been voted the best in all of Alabama. Um, The only person to vote on that was Pastor Sam, but you should still check it out. He has a great Bible study class. Um, And you can check out all of the church activities and events by going on the church app to keep up to date with what's going on. Uh, We're going to have a blessing of the animal service coming up uh, first Sunday in October too, which is super exciting. So you can find those things on the church app. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come together and worship this morning. We pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
please remain standing and join us in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. Third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please take your seats, except for our children who are about to go and have fun with Miss Molly and Miss Catherine and Children's Church. I think they're going to sing and dance and do who knows what in there. So they always have a great time. We have a wonderful children's ministry and wonderful youth ministry. I'll brag on Pastor Andy. I think, I think we have the number one youth ministry in the state, too. It's just, it's just me and Pastor Andy voting, but I think we're number one. I'm glad that you're here and worshiping with us, and I'm glad you're worshiping with us on Facebook Live, and um, say, be sure and say hello to us. We'd love to see who's worshiping with us, and I hope that you're, I always say I hope that you're at the beach having fun, but uh, we are going to remember our friends on the coast today as the hurricane comes in. We have several things that we, um, that we need to pray for, as you know not just in our own church family and in our own community, but, but all around the world. And we do, we take your prayers seriously. So send us your prayer requests. There are, are just bulletin uh, announcement sheets that you can find uh, on, in the front and on the back. You can find them on our newsletter and our church app. And on there is a place that you can put your prayer concerns. You can write it down and drop it here. You can email it to us. You can send it to us. You can call the church office. We have a prayer team that meets weekly, and we pray for all of our prayer needs. Um, I want to thank you for your support. I want to remind you to continue to support the ministries of this church as we try to do what God has called us to do. And we've been doing it for 175 years, Pastor Andy. Can you believe that? The last Sunday of this month, we have a service coming up. It's our 175th anniversary as a church. We have more that we're going to be telling you about next week about our 175th anniversary service. It's going to be super special service. So be thinking about that. Circle that, circle that Sunday on your calendar. Um, I want to ask you now if you will join with me as we go to the Lord in prayer. O oh God, our Heavenly Father, it's with humble and grateful hearts that we bow in your presence. We know, Lord, that we come to you with all kinds of things on our hearts today. There are things that bring us joy 
and things that bring us happiness. And there are also, Lord, um, things that we're worried about. Uh, God, many of us have friends that, um, that are in harm's way in, in the path of a hurricane right now. Father, many of us are, are still grieving over the situation in Afghanistan and in Haiti. And we have many uh, uh, of our church family who are grieving over loss of loved ones. And, and as a nation, God, we are uh, filled with strife and discord and worry about the pandemic. God, we need a, a healing. We need a healing in body, mind, and spirit. We need a, a healing in our world. So we pray for the breath of your Holy Spirit to breathe across uh, the strings of our hearts and stir the slumbering cords of compassion. Help us to see each other, Lord. Bring forgiveness, Lord, to all of us who have sinned. Bring wisdom. Guide us with your loving hand and teach us to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
I always have to catch my breath a little bit after they sing that song. It's so beautiful. It's such a music has such a healing effect on us uh, all. It's good for our soul. I tell you, I'm so thankful for our music, our church musicians, and our choir, and um, I appreciate them so much. Today we're going to be finishing up our back to school sermon series, and we're going to be talking about something that. I don't know, probably all of us know from one way or the other, we're going to be talking about in-school suspension. Yeah, okay. So I, maybe I've made you curious just a little bit. Let me tell you about what we're going to be talking about in September. Our whole focus in September is going to be on labor. We're starting out the Sunday before Labor Day, so we're talking about Labor Day, and we're talking about different, different aspects of labor the whole month of September. It's going to be great. And then we got some really cool stuff in October, don't we? Um, yeah, Pastor Andy's excited about it. Um, Luke chapter 16 is our scripture for today. If you want to turn over there, the words will be up on the screen for you. If you want to check that out, if you want to just listen, that's fine too. Um, Luke chapter 16, we're going to start in verse 19, reading the story of the rich man and Lazarus. Luke 16, 19 through 31. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus covered with sores who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in, cool, in water to cool my tongue, for I'm in agony in these flames." But Abraham said, child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things and Lazarus in like manner evil things, but now he is comforted here and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us is a great chasm has been fixed so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so. And no one can come across from there to us. He said, then, Father, I beg you to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. He said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone goes back to them from the dead, they would repent. He said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced even if someone rises from the dead.
was a pretty sweet deal because it was quiet and there wasn't anything to do really you could get papers graded you could do whatever because all you had to do was go around and make sure that all of the students in in school suspension stood stayed awake okay because they couldn't sleep that was that was one goal you couldn't sleep you couldn't talk you couldn't write notes to each other you couldn't get up out of your seat no monkey business allowed y'all know what i'm saying no monkey business because you were in school suspension in the first place because you did something you weren't supposed to do or you didn't do something you were supposed to do anyway you were in there because you got busted so uh, no monkey business in school suspension did you know that one of my favorite movies of the 1980s was centered around in school suspension some of y'all are smiling you know what i'm going to say the breakfast club right any of y'all see the breakfast club okay i need to put a disclaimer here don't go and say pastor sam said to go and watch the breakfast club because there's language and stuff in there that pastor sam doesn't approve of so kids if you go tell your parents pastor sam said no i'm not telling you to do that i'm just saying it's a good story right it's an important story, and it's one that you'll you'll see the connection here in a minute. But in the movie The Breakfast Club, it's a 1985 movie. In the movie, there are five students. It's centered around these five students. They have to go to in-school suspension on a Saturday, so they get really messed up. At 7 a.m. on Saturday morning, I can't think of just about anything worse that you could do. They had to go into the library. They had to all sit there. And there were these five kids are who the whole movie centers around. One is named John Bender. He is the kind of the criminal uh, of the group. He's got, you know, the black leather on the boots and all of this kind. The earring, the attitude, the long hair, you know. Then there's Andrew Clark, who's the jock. And he's, he's all buff. He's got his Lennerman's jacket on. There is... Brian Johnson, kind of the skinny kid that's real smart and makes straight A's that cries if he doesn't get 100, you know, that kind of guy. And then there's Claire Standish, who is the princess. And then there is Allison Reynolds, who is the basket case. And so she's just weird, you know, that, that kind of kid. So the point of it, and one of the things about this is you realize that there is a giant chasm between all five of those students because during a normal day none of those kids would have anything to do with any of the other kids they wouldn't even realize they exist and they wouldn't dare go across the hall and speak to uh, a kid that wasn't in their group you know but here they were seven o'clock on a saturday morning all in the same room forced to sit down and be together and here comes principal vernon oh in his leisure suit do y'all know what i'm talking about oh if you don't google it he's wearing a leisure suit and he is strutting around and he is he is the man in charge he's telling them the rules they can't talk they can't sleep they can't get up out of their seats they can't do any monkey business and they have to write a 1000 word essay on who they think they are <sighs> doesn't that sound like torture okay 
So every movie's got to have conflict or it's no fun. And so the conflict here, as you could probably guess, is between Principal Vernon in his leisure suit and the criminal guy, John Bender, in his leather and his, he's already got his feet up on the table, right? He's just got this attitude. And so after Principal Vernon gives the rules, he says, are there any questions? And John Bender says, I got a question. Does Barry Manilow know you raid his wardrobe? Now, okay, if you don't know who Barry Manilow is, Google that too. I mean, and so, uh, and here's what Principal Vernon says. You can find out the answer to that next Saturday. And then he says, this is one of my favorite lines in the movies. Don't mess with the bull, son, you'll get the horns, right? I always wanted to say that to somebody in a real profound moment. I've never had a chance to do that. Don't mess with the bull, you'll get the horns. So over the course, and they're there all day long, over the course of this all day long in-school suspension, these five students from totally different worlds begin to talk to each other. It's rocky at first, there's conflict, they have some problems. It's difficult, right? But pretty soon they realize that they do share some things in common. They share this in common. Uh, they all have strained, difficult relationships with their parents, like every teenager does. Um, and here's something else they have in common. They're all afraid that they're going to grow up and be just as messed up as all the adults that they see around them. And they don't want to do like that. They don't want to be like that. One of the ways that they kind of reach across the gap to each other is by kind of revealing a little bit about themselves, being a little bit open, using the only thing that they have on them. For the guys, their wallets, for the girls, their purses. So. The, the guys dump everything out of their wallets, the girls dump everything out of their purses, and then they, they kind of rifle through each other's stuff. And one scene has Allison, the basket case, has this big old purse and she dumps it all out on the couch and she's got, I mean, everything in this purse, just crazy amounts of everything, including a change of clothes. And Andrew and Brian both say, do you always carry this much stuff in your purse? And she says, yes, I always do. And they say, why do you do that? And she says, because I never know when I might need to run away. And they all just kind of make fun of her and she gets mad and storms out of the room. But Andrew, the jock, you know, he goes and finds her and he says, hey, you want to talk? And she says, no. And he says, why not? And she said, go away. And he says, well, where do you want me to go? I mean, they can't go anywhere. And she said, go away. And then he turns to leave and she starts crying. And she says, you've got a problem. And he said, I've got a problem. What's my problem? And she said, your problem is you always do what everybody tells you to do. 
And he said, okay, fine, but I didn't dump my purse out on the couch for everybody to see my problems and invite them into my problems, so what's going on? What's going on? Is it bad? Is it your parents? And she kind of nods. And he said, what did they do to you? And she's got tears running down her eyes at this time, and she says, they ignore me. And he shakes his head and he says, yeah. And now he's got tears in his eyes and she's got tears in her eyes. And now all of a sudden across this big giant chasm, there's a connection, you see. It never would have happened in their real school life day. Never, they would have never thought about touching each other in any way in the real world. They would have ignored each other but oddly enough, in in-school suspension, it got bridged, that gap. Now, it got me to thinking, y'all stay with me here, got me to thinking, what if the rich man and Lazarus got put in in-school suspension together? Okay, hear me out now. It could be a good movie. Somebody could write this. The rich man and Lazarus from Jesus' parable got put in in-school suspension early on a Saturday morning. They had to sit in the library together at the same table. Now, you want to talk about differences. They had differences that were bigger than the five students in the breakfast club. Here's the rich man. He's covered in fine linen. And here's Lazarus. He's covered in sores. Here's the rich man who has... Fe sumptuous feasts every single day, every single day. And here is the Lazarus, and he just longs for the crumbs that fall underneath the table. Let me just pause here for a second and explain the crumbs under the table thing. You see, the, the wealthy in that day, when they would have a big, huge feast, they, they didn't have utensils, so they just ate with their hands, right? And then they would use hunks of bread to wipe the grease and the gravy and whatever off of their hands and then they would throw the chunks of bread under the table for the dogs now feasting isn't bad I'm not saying feasting is bad as a matter of fact Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is like a feast that the king invites people to and when when the father in the the prodigal son story when the prodigal son came home he he killed the fatted calf and had a big feast it's not that but to feast every day to, to feast like it's thanksgiving day every day when there's a starving guy laying at your gate anyway back to the differences here's the rich man they're sitting at the library table right in the in school suspension the rich man lived in a mansion lazarus was tossed out by the gate like the trash. The rich man had servants to do anything he needed them to do. Lazarus had the dogs to come and lick his sores. By the way, dogs are better than some human beings I know. Plug for dogs. But out of all of those differences, out of that big, huge chasm between the rich man and Lazarus, they had at least one thing in common. At least one thing. They both died. 
right? They both die. Death is the great equalizer, right? We're all going to die. But after they died, there was another huge chasm between them. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to the bosom of Abraham to be comforted in paradise. The rich man died and was carried to the other side of Hades. Hades, by the way, was the place of the dead. Uh, it's Sheol in, in the Old Testament, the place of the dead. And there was kind of a paradise side and then a torture side. And so there was a huge chasm between the two. The rich man was tormented. Okay, so here's a question for you to consider. Why was the rich man tormented in Hades? Was it because he was rich? Well, no, because Abraham was rich. Well, was it because he did something to Lazarus? Not especially. It's not like he went by and kicked him every day. It's not like he spit on him or anything, you know. Was the, the torment he had because of something else, though? Well, let's go back to the breakfast club for a second. Do you remember when Allison Clark, the, in the movies, uh, told Andrew about what her parents did to her? Remember what she said? They ignore me. They just walk on by. You see, Lazarus was just dying right on the doorstep of the rich man. And he didn't even see him. He was the very opposite of what Jesus meant when he said, love your neighbor. He was the very opposite of the point of the story of the Good Samaritan, go and be a neighbor to somebody. I've heard um, it said that neighborliness is a barometer of your soul. And I've also heard it said that a neighbor is not a geographical location as much as it is a moral term. To care for your neighbor is to be moral. So the rich man is in torment because he's immoral. And he calls out to Father Abraham, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Have Lazarus come over here and dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. You see, he is being tortured in Hades and he's still trying to give orders. He's still trying to boss Lazarus around like he's his servant. Abraham says this in verse 25, and I want you to hear these two words because these are two words that make hell, hell. He says, child, remember. Child, remember. Remember all those times that you walked by Lazarus? Remember that he was starving to death and covered with sores and he was right at your gate and you wouldn't even throw the crust of your bread to him? Remember that. Remember that your dogs had more compassion on this guy than you did? Remember that. 
So Lazarus said, well, uh, so the rich man said, well, look, send Lazarus back from the dead to talk to my brothers. Uh, I've got five brothers. I don't want them to come be tortured here in this place. Send Lazarus back. And Abraham said, I'm not going to do it because they've got the law and the prophets. They've got the law and the prophets. If they don't believe the law and the prophets, when the law and both the law and the prophets say, reach out in compassion to your neighbor. If they don't believe the law and the prophets, when the law and prophets say, you need to welcome the stranger, you need to to pay attention to the needs of your neighbor. If they don't pay attention to all that they've got, they wouldn't believe it even if somebody came back from the dead. We need to remember who Jesus is telling this parable to in the first place. If you back up to verse 14, it says that he's telling this story to the Pharisees who, quote, were lovers of money and heard all that Jesus said and ridiculed him, ridiculed him. Ridicule in verse 14 means, it literally means to turn its nose up. They turned their nose up against Jesus, the Pharisees who had the law and who had the prophets, both of which told them to reach out in compassion and not ignore the needs of their neighbors. And Jesus said, look, I'm going to rise again from the grave. And even if I came back to you after I was resurrected from the dead, you still wouldn't listen to me because you're not listening to what's right in front of you right now. What would it take? What would it take for them to believe? What would it take for them to reach across that giant chasm? Sometimes we read this passage in Luke 16 and we think, oh, this is a map of hell. This is what hell is going to look like and everything. We get kind of fixated on that, which is not really as much of a map of hell as it is a message to those who are selfish and surrounded by themselves and who think about only themselves and love their own stuff and refuse to love those who are around them, even when they are able to do so, they won't do it. It's not a story for somebody else, y'all. It's a story for us. And you say, hold up here, Pastor Sam, I'm not rich. We have to remember that our world is not the same as the world. You see, I'll bet every single one of us just about would raise their hand at this. Um, any of y'all have a car? You have a car? Probably more than one. I've got more than I can say grace over. You know that makes you part of 8% of the world's population? The other 92% would look at you and say, ooh, you got a car? Must be nice. Did y'all eat yet today? I'm not going to keep you past lunch. Did y'all eat yet today? We did. Yeah, I've, I've eaten probably. Uh, I had first breakfast and second breakfast, Pastor Andy. Uh, but something like 800 million people in the world won't eat today. And again, could only just dream about getting to eat what we eat and what we throw away. I'm not trying to like throw a guilt trip on you, but I'm trying to 
help you to see there is a giant chasm between our world and the world, what would it take for us to reach across? What would it take for us to even reach across the, bridge, the gaps between us and our literal neighbors? The person across the street who's roots for a different football team and, and voted for a different person and maybe looks different from, or the person down the street who you just don't understand at all. It's just like they're not even in the same world as you are. What would it take for us to reach across? Viktor Frankl was a, an Austrian psychiatrist and neurologist and a Holocaust survivor. He was a remarkable person. And, and he, he wrote this, and I, I, I think this is true. He said, between any stimulus and our response, there's a space. And in that space, there's the power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. Okay, I'll say that again because it's, it's important, it's heavy. Between any stimulus and response, there's a space. And in that space is the power for us to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. See, before the rich man became numb and just stopped seeing altogether, there was the stimulus of seeing a man who was starving, covered with sores, laying at his gate. That, that stimulus from his senses, he could see it. Before he came blind to it, he, he could see it. And there was a space there in which the rich man could make a choice. Am I going to be a neighbor to this guy or am I just going to ignore him? So in, in The Breakfast Club, the movie I've been talking about, in The Breakfast Club, when Allison, the basket case girl, dumps her purse out for everybody to see, there's... That was a stimulus, and there was a space there, and the rest of the kids had a chance to choose. Are they going to respond to her? Are they going to reach out to her? Are they going to ignore her like her parents do, and like they would do on an average day at school? And so we, in addition to our senses, we have the Holy Spirit. As Christians, we have the Holy Spirit to be our stimulus, and it's called conviction. We have the Holy Spirit moves in us, and we, we have that tugging at our hearts, and the tugging at our hearts, there's a space of time there, right? There's a space of time when we get to choose, am I going to say yes to the move of the Spirit of God, that tugging in my heart? Am I going to trust? Am I going to obey? Or am I going to quench the Spirit? We do have to trust the Holy Spirit. Because not everyone who needs our help is going to come out and ask for it. You know that, don't you? Not everyone who needs our help is going to ask for it. 
We have to know. And we sometimes have to go to them. And we need that Holy Spirit to give us discernment because not everyone who asks for our help really needs it. You know that Jesus didn't do what everybody asked him to do just because they asked him to do it. So, Pastor Sam, are you trying to make us feel bad because we are blessed and we have a lot of stuff? I'm not doing that at all. I'm saying it's wonderful to be blessed. It's great. I'm glad we are. I'm glad. I'm glad, but that means that we're in a position to be a blessing to others more than we remember. More than we remember. So, I want us to think about today as a timeout. You're all in timeout. You're all in suspension. Okay? The, everything else that you do when, when you're not here worshiping either by live stringer, everything else is suspended right now. We're here together and there's nothing for us to do but ponder. But ponder. There's a space here, you see. There's a space and a choice. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Are we going to reach across the gap? Are we going to ignore? The good news for us, and the gospel always has good news, the good news for us that in addition to just getting in our face and challenging us, the good news to us is it's not too late for us. We're still alive. We can do something. We can do something. It's not too late for us to wake up out of our sleepwalking through our lives and reach across the divide. Wake up. There's no sleeping in ISS. Only time to ponder who we think we are and who we want to be with God's help. Let's pray. Lord, we do pray that you would wake us up to the things that we've been blind to, to the people that seem impossibly in a different world from us. Help us, Lord, to be willing to bridge a gap to stand in the hedge, to bridge the gap, because you bridged the gap for us, Lord. Where would we be if you had not bridged the gap between heaven and earth for us? So God, help us to choose wisely. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The closing hymn today is, is gonna be hymn number 591, Rescue the Perishing. This is a call for us to reach across the gap. I want to invite you to stand together as we sing 591.
And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.